The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Yes, we will. Uh, well, to start off, I'm going to go through the names of the podcast that that, that have been recommended uh, to us by by one Braden Kerr. Okay, so, uh, fantastic. Why don't we make that part of the episode? Let's just record that. Uh, this is this is recording. Oh, fantastic! We're, yeah, we're already recording. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good first start. Um, <laughs> all right. So fire away. What what, uh, what are the show names you have? Okay, so Braden has uh, Eternal Cubeness, like I think it's supposed to be like Eternal Darkness, but you know with oh. with uh, Cube. Um, yeah, that's not happening. He <laughs> he has Beyond Good and Evil, which <laughs> which is just <laughs> which is is just a game name. So he also put McDonald's in there. That's not going to happen either. <laughs> yep. Okay. Good start so far. Um, yep. Two strikes. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the unplayable. Not bad. Which is, not which is yeah, not bad, yeah. Um, I understand, I understand. Game cube all sides. Okay. So I think he means like all sides of a cube. I get it, yeah. Yeah. All six sides. Um, and then then we have some of the ones that I I had put down. Um, we have the GameCube was cool. Uh, very straight okay. to the point. As long as we, we have can use ma- the name GameCube and we don't get, you know. We can't, we can because, because other people do. So if they are, they have, then we're okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Um, uh, mash the sea, the sea stick. Mash the sea stick. Okay, talking about smash. And right. this would be in quotes. Uh, that GameCube purple. That game. Oh, like when you're describing the color. Like you would yeah. say that's GameCube purple. Yeah. Yeah, the indigo purple. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. <laughs> uh, for now, let's just call it the GameCube was cool. That's probably. Yeah, that, that's our that's our working tedious. title for now. Working title. Yeah, we'll have a I finalized like... title by the time we get to the end of this. I like imagining saying the GameCube was cool as like someone who's really trying hard to defend the GameCube immediately without anyone saying anything bad about it at first. Yeah, just like like on a subway, it's quiet. The person just <laughs> yeah. no one's even actually talking to him. That's yo, the GameCube was cool, man. And then just gets weird stares from people. If we ever get to ride the subway again, at least who knows? During this crazy pandemic. Yeah, for those listening, which is no one because this is just a test. Uh, yeah, the we, <laughs> the subway. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna upload this to um to like the the things or whatever to see how that process works. Putting this on yeah, Spotify yeah. and Apple Music. This, this is so. a test. No one listened to it. If you're listening to it <laughs> yeah. now, turn it off. Go home. <laughs> yeah, go to episode. If you're listening two. to this. Re- yeah, please go to episode <laughs> one because this is episode zero. As uh, okay, correct. As like Resident Evil Zero. Clear. Exactly. Okay. This is like Resident Evil Zero. It's no one really knows if it's a game or not, but it exists. Mm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So for anybody listening to this in the future, um, this we're recording this on April twenty seventh, uh, week seven of the pandemic. I think mm-hmm. um, this would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> we you, you just say episode one or two. <laughs> That's all episode you have to say. Zero. All yeah. Right, well, fair enough. <sighs> Can I say the name of the week? Like, the name of the day? Like, if you want, yeah. Like, if you want to just be like, this is a Tuesday. Because there's been lots of Tuesdays. You're like, Mike, it's not It's not Tuesday right now. It, it's not. It, it's hard to tell what day it is because we're at a time in history when everyone's been home for about seven weeks right now due to a virus that we can't even name. All right, so jumping right into it, speaking of timely news. Uh, so the GameCube was originally announced in 2000 on August 25th, a uh, press conference in Japan, and it was codenamed the Dolphin. So is that news? You know, Green Day's doing, like, these home isolation uh, videos where I think Billy Joe playing guitar. Is anybody watching those? Like, does anybody Marty... care about that band? <laughs> Marty, like, Marty uh... sent me uh... So, oh, um, I heard... Uh, I heard an, a song, an album song from them, like from the new album, like not a single, um, mm-hmm. for the first time uh, the other day. Uh, Off of the new, song, the new not... album that came out a few months ago. Yeah, it's it's not terrible. It's it's way better than the singles. I'll say that. But like, it's I still am not going to go out of my way to listen to more of it. No, it's like a twenty-three minute album, and you can't even get past the first two songs. It's just it's. Where would you yeah, rank this it. in your between Uno, Dos, and Tres? 
I see. I haven't even listened to those three albums either in the last couple of years, so I'd probably put it below them because at least I can get through. I remember getting through those albums. I remember so I not being on... able to get through Dose. Is that the word? That's the bad trace. Trey is the word. Is the best one, right? That's right. That's what I remember. I remember I Trey think... being like listenable, and there was some. There was good songs, but they just weren't Green Day songs. I think mm. that was the the main thing with that album. Yeah, I gotta say, I, can't, I couldn't even name a single one, like a song off those albums. I think Oh Love. Oh Love then... is the only one I can name, yeah. <sighs> yeah, because when we saw them live a couple of years ago, they didn't play anything off those albums, thankfully, because no one would have known what was going on. <laughs> you could probably I mean, rebrand they... those albums and think and say that they're new. No one would know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, it's weird when you see someone like in the mall or whatever, like wearing a Nuno's Dose tray uh t-shirt it's like wow you've you've seen that yeah it's typically on people that are like a little bit younger than us like maybe three or four years younger when i guess that's all they had because they you know by the time they were old enough to go to shows american idiot was long gone yeah imagine growing up in that era yeah i, I couldn't imagine i think we, we we hit the end of uh end of the good years for sure for for that kind of uh the uh the the green days of of the yes. world yes for sure yes 21st century breakdown was definitely a decline uh, well i mean you can most of those kind of bands were like that you can even think of like i'm not saying you know not i'm not supporting this band in any way at this point but uh like my mcr mm -hmm. um they uh uh they had black parade which came out two years after american idiot um yeah. and then it took them four years to come out with their follow-up which was uh album that no one cared about because four no. years later is just way too long to do anything it, it definitely built up way too much hype i think we were in grade 12 when that album came out it was like i, I yeah, we were really excited just because of the band and everything like that and yeah definitely the weakest of the um four albums they have four albums i think not counting live stuff yeah One, four two. yeah it sounds about right yeah. As as uh, as friend of the show Harrison says, um, mm -hmm. just because it took a long time to do does not mean it's good. Look oh at, no, far from uh, the truth. Look at Chinese democracy. Yes, the longer an album <laughs> takes and a game like like uh, Last Guardian took, I think what eight nine years to gestate, and uh, no one talks about that game. So same idea. Um, can you believe I this mean, game took eight years to make? Yes, I can. Same thing with Kingdom Hearts three. It's like I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, oh, that's I, I, different. Kingdom Hearts Three was the least successful. That's that's uh, that's true. I mean, it was successful. Yeah. It was like and the like, highest selling game up until Mortal Kombat came out or whatever that year. Um, yeah, I'm just glad oh, that yeah, game's yeah. out, so we don't have to hear about it anymore. And I love my anime friends, but can't do it. Can't play that game. <laughs> okay, so, well, back to GameCube. Yeah, this is a GameCube podcast, I think. Um, so anyway, uh, GameCube was codenamed Dolphin. Uh, it's just a classic uh, Nintendo move to make up a code name for a console before they release the actual name, just so no one Neil, knows could what's you, going on. Could you uh, mention some other uh, cons um, names, uh, code names for consoles? Sure thing. We all know the Switch right now. We talked about that console being called the NX for the longest time. Uh, let's see. The Wii was known as Project Blue Ocean, I believe. No, Revolution. Revolution. You're right. Sorry. It was the Blue Ocean strategy. And then right. Wii U was codenamed, um, maybe Skip It. Project Skip It. Uh, anything before GameCube, though, I'm not too sure, to be honest. No, the no. The hype, for... the hype wasn't there, I don't think. Um, no, N64 like no... might have had one. Maybe, because the N64 came out in 1996. So, it, um, there was definitely no, like, home internet the way we know it. And whatever information you got was straight from the Nintendo magazine, which, as we know now, was just basically a flyer for Nintendo games. Um, <laughs> a little bit biased. Any news, and then it was all written by Nintendo employees. Um, so yeah, GameCube Project Dolphin. Um, I like that name. I think it fits, honestly, the console itself, even after it came out. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, it's the sixth generation of home video game consoles. Uh, predecessor was the N64, successor was the Wii. Uh, the GameCube launched in North America. Uh, we're probably just going to talk about the North American side of the console because Japanese and European side will take too much effort. Uh, so it launched in North America November 18th, 2001, and it died basically right when the Wii came out. Although games did come out slowly. Um, and then 
ended in 2007, which we know with Madden 08. We'll get to that later. Uh, launched uh, in North America at $199, which is crazy cheap when you think wow, about it. Wow, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, that's American dollars, so I'm guessing Canadian might have been more like $250, $299 at most. Um, it saw a price drop pretty soon after that just because of poor sales. Um, Nintendo typically bundle their consoles with, with games. They did a Double Dash bundle, which I think is the one you got, right? Yes, uh, I actually got a special bundle. It did come with Double Dash, but it also came with uh, the Legend of Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda. like <laughs> the Legend of Zelda, not the Master Quest. Uh, I think it was just the collection, like the Legend yeah. of Zelda collection. Mm-hmm. Um, when the games on that were obviously, you know what's funny? I don't think mm-hmm. that is on the list. I just realized that. There is, on our list, there's the two collection Zelda games. I don't so... think that was a collection on there, if I remember correctly, because I would have remembered writing it down. Okay. Or maybe, well, we'll yeah, or maybe I did. When we get to it, we'll uh, we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can always but pull yeah. it out and play it, I guess, and see what the, what's on there and that there's a release date or anything. It's not for resale, so I don't think... Yeah, so you got a oh, big not matter. for resale sticker, which means that, it's you know, sold. it's... Uh, it's never been sold it's... in a used game store. Yeah. It's no one's ever resold it. Yeah, ever. It's true. Which is crazy. I, yeah, that's uh everyone everyone honored it. Unbelievably, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. It is it is in here. It is in here. Yeah. So, um Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition came out November thirteenth, two thousand three. Um okay. and uh Yeah. So that's around when you bought it. That is yeah, that is when well, I mean I did not buy it, but my parents did. Uh, yeah, we didn't have money then because we were stupid. <laughs> uh, and like now thinking back, that is definitely the best time to have gotten the GameCube in oh, yeah. November uh, of 2003. Like that's just hot off the presses for everything. So yes. that, w- that would I got be it really sh- good. Yeah, I got it shortly after you did, I think. Um, and yeah, I thought you had it before. I got it in October of 2004. So I got it a bit, like quite a bit later, almost a year really? after, I guess. Yeah, I was eleven. Huh. I was eleven. I remember. I remember it was. I got a photo. Pretty sure it was my eleventh birthday. <laughs> the only reason why I remember that is because I know that for my tenth birthday I got a skateboard. Ah, true, true. Yeah, that's how I remember ages. Is just what I got at each age on my birthday, <laughs> for whatever reason. So yeah, I was eleven, October two thousand four. I got my GameCube. I got it, not a bundle. Um, I got it with Spider-Man Two, the movie tie-in. Um, still one of my favorite GameCube games. We'll get to that in mm-hmm. a bit. Um, and yeah, it, that was just an awesome time to jump in because we had a few stellar titles already out and then a couple of years to look forward to some other great games before the Wii. Uh, and I think that's a time that a lot of people jump in on the consoles midway through, especially the younger kids who, you know, parents have to wait for price drops. They can't afford to buy a console and a bunch of games for 500 bucks right off the bat. So it makes sense. I think it's funny now because now you have our generation who uh, most of us, like obviously you and me uh, were different for this one, but most of us wait for that mid, uh, mid-year mid cycle or like mid-cycle mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. purchase. Um, I know at least like 10 or 12 people in the last year who have bought a Switch and that is like exponential from when, when it started. Uh, even though the Switch is still sold extremely well. Yeah, you have that bump of hardcore fans who will buy it in the first day, and then it drops off a bit. Um, some people will jump on when Smash Bros. comes out or Cart or whatever, and then, yeah, like, honestly, midway through a console life cycle is the best time every time. Like, that's what I do with PlayStation consoles. I've never bought one at launch. I never will. Um, no, yeah, same with me. Because, yeah, because the games come out slowly. They always get cheaper to the point of being 20 bucks by the time you jump in. So, um yeah, it's a great time to jump in on the Switch right now, too. Like, Animal Crossing, Cart's uh, out, Smash Bros. is out. Pretty much all the best games, you have to imagine, are sadly probably out at this point. Nintendo, um, please sponsor us. Please spon- Yeah, please sponsor this as being your official GameCube podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to lose at this point? They're not gonna, I mean, they're not going to sell any more units, so... Um, uh, you never know. Anyway, well, you never it's... Know. So... We're going to talk about this a lot, obviously, uh, in mm-hmm. when we actually do the real episodes. But I think it's really, really interesting 
and uh, the girlfriend reviews like made a really good point with GameCube. GameCube mm-hmm. is is the only console that exists today for any of the major consoles that is technically supported in some way, and that being the GameCube controller is still sold for Smash. And I think that's like so interesting to me because that is such like as from just a pure business perspective that is so mm-hmm. counterproductive, right? You you uh-huh. never want to be looking backwards. You always want to be looking forwards, which is one of the reasons why uh, Nintendo uh, had never called those those controllers GameCube controllers. They had always just called them Smash controllers. That's um, interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that they yeah, called the, the controllers Smash controllers. Is the GameCube, I think, even even then. Oh no, no, no! Like, like then it was obviously the GameCube controller. But like, yeah. since the GameCube's long, like, since its demise, demise, um, it uh, they they have refused to put GameCube branding uh, of any sense on mm-hmm. those controllers, which I think is really interesting because they're obviously GameCube controllers. They're it's their IP, it's their product. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like they're they're like making a knockoff, but it almost feels like they're making a knockoff of their own product. Yeah. As to like not confuse the market on what it is, they therefore confuse the market on what they're doing. Like it's really yeah, it's strange because it, it would be like if the GameCube launched now and there was a port in the side that said yeah, hey, that's where you put your NES controller. You still have that, right? Like it'd be <laughs> yeah. really strange. Yeah. It's the same it's... idea because the GameCube's now 2001, so it's 19 years old basically. Mm-hmm. Or it will um, be yeah, 18 and a half. Yes. So that would be like, yeah, 1982 would have been 19 years before that, and there was no Nintendo stuff, but like maybe a Game & Watch system somehow to plug in. Yeah, it'd be super weird. Like, it's it's interesting. There might still be, like, servers for Xbox games still live, but X- Microsoft are not supporting those. That would be uh, user-generated. Yeah, like, Halo yeah, 2 yeah, is probably still up there, something like oh, that. Oh, it is, it is, yeah. And, and people play Halo 2 all the time, like, just constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my, I have a friend who does, and uh, he'll be on this podcast. To talk about Fantastic. Halo Two, because that is a talk about the game, the best game, the best GameCube game, Halo Two. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I, it's it's pretty cool because I can't think of any game system like PlayStation. Obviously, has never done it. Uh, uh, Xbox and Nintendo had never has never done it before or after, really, right? Mm. So um, no, yeah. and it's because of one game. One game has done this, and that yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's not because anybody's playing Barnyard on their GameCube in 2020. Um, it's because of Melee, and we're obviously going to talk a ton about that game uh, throughout this probably whole series, just because it's still in the conversation in every fighting tournament. Um, yep. every, it's a meme at this point. Like everybody knows Falcon Punch yeah. and and you know Wave Dash and everything like that. It's it's practically pop culture. But it's it's transcending generations and from people who probably have never played melee like i can't imagine everybody that talks about melee has played it just because of how few copies there are out there i mean i know that there's uh uh you can play the hd what's what people what's the one people play on pc um uh oh like the actual well they use a dolphin emulator to play it yes which that's right is dolphin emulator because of what you just said before how that was the mm-hmm. code name which i think is kind of mm-hmm. cool i love um, that code name and uh yeah so they played that a lot and then project m obviously project m was the that was it the, yeah that's what we were thinking and that was cool yeah. that was uh like a blend of the game and fan made stuff uh and that has mm-hmm. a huge following still like so like yeah it's a mod right but mm-hmm. i find it incredible that like at game or at melee tournaments like they still use game cubes the discs the controllers like crt tvs <laughs> sometimes i find that incredible it's, it's so cool that's the clearest it's, way to play it it's such a a weird thing that exists and again like uh, one of my favorite stories which i will say in the in the real podcast when we get to melee is mm-hmm. uh when smash 4 came out so that's 2014 uh and yep. so on the wii u. in on the wii u uh mm-hmm. and in the summer of 2015 uh evo was happening mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> nintendo was like you cannot play melee at this fucking like uh thing you can't bring this this 16 year old or i guess uh 14 year old game to that's this... ancient in like like to video game standards 14 years unpatched yeah. that's ancient and, for a game and for them they're like you know it's we have not one but two successors to this game mm-hmm. and you are Three, playing you count the uh, 3ds version yeah exactly and and, and i 
I remember they had to come to like a, a solution uh, that they had they would do both games, and then I think Melee was still on the podium as like the the number one. It was, the, yeah, they they, yeah. they put it in. Yeah. But I I just thought that was so funny because if you're Nintendo, you're like, what the fuck? What do we do? Mm-hmm. Like clearly, like there's this massive supporter and huge community around Melee, but Nintendo is getting like uh, just from a financial viewpoint zero money for it. Like there, no one's buying like. New okay. Millie or GameCube from Nintendo. That, that that they could though. I mean, the, the fact that first of all, the if if you want to buy it legally, there's no way to purchase this game legally anymore. Like you can either buy it on eBay, which is technically legal, but you can't you can't buy this game to support Nintendo anymore. If you want to get right. this game, you're either downloading a, uh, an emulator or you have to buy it on eBay for I think it's priced at around 100 Canadian dollars right now. So. Yep. Really, they could probably make a boatload of money if they started to put this game on, and other GameCube games, of course, on uh, their virtual console, whatever the hell that looks like now on Switch. I haven't looked Mm -hmm. at that in months. Um, (laughs) And that's one of the things that I really like about the GameCube is that aside from a select few games on here, like the Zeldas um, and a few other third-party AA games or whatever, there's almost no way you can play these games unless you own a GameCube. That's right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's no. They yeah. haven't announced a mini GameCube or anything. There's no plans to do so in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they aren't. Uh, they weren't really on the virtual store when Wii U had it, right? Like no, the there eShop? were none. In, in even yeah. Wii, I don't think that there were game. Were there? I I didn't really mess around with the Wii eShop at all. Did you no, when you had the Wii? Uh, no, I don't yeah. remember ever really going on. We'll have to check that out because as far as I know, like the two Zelda games were put on Wii U and HD remasters. They put Luigi's Mansion on uh, 3DS for some reason. Um, <laughs> I don't like. Does any? No, no one knows why. Um, Ikaruga is on Switch, which is weird. Um, really, I didn't know that. that. Yeah, I guess, yeah, the, I guess yeah, we'll uh... we'll get to that one. I can't wait to talk about that game. Um, there's the Star Wars Jedi Academy or whatever Jedi Knight. I think it's called. Uh, that's on that Switch just came for out. whatever reason. That did just come out. I'm waiting for Pod Racer, though. Of course, that's the greatest Star Wars game of all time. That's right. Uh, you can fight me on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like if unless you want to go download an emulator or whatever, the only way you can play most of these games is with your little GameCube and your controller and a tube TV, by the way, which is like really strange in today's. You know, you'd think about how many games you can just download on PC for pennies that this console is just so hard to access now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's It's a scarcity thing that makes it so, mm-hmm. uh, has such an appeal as well still. And it makes it like scarcity, but it's also like it makes it kind of troubling because that's why I hang on to so many GameCube games because I don't know if they're ever going to be remade, like certain licensed games uh, that we have fond memories of when we were kids. Um, that's why I buy up these games and I have extra GameCubes, I have extra controllers just because I don't think Nintendo may ever create a legacy uh, library where I can go and just download a James Bond game or a Spider-Man game that I played from Blockbuster when I was 11, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's true, yeah. It's far from what music and movies are now, where you can just hop on anything and download anything you want, anytime. Um, Let's see, Nintendo's smart about it, right? Because they know that they have this this massive mm -hmm. library of everything, and they, they don't want to, they don't want to, one, take away the prestige that that surrounds it and two they want to always find the most monetary successful way that they can uh that they can use their game to, to their advantage now right now they are definitely like not doing that they're totally fine they have the best-selling but, nintendo game of all time right now out exa- with animal exa- crossing so yeah exactly like for for them it, it's you know, I, I always say this, and uh, and I'm sure it's true, uh, because this is how companies operate, whether they're a video game company or not, is they always have their, you know, uh, their play these cards if I need them, you know, uh, their get sure. out of jail free cards, you know, I'm... You have to have that. Like, a good example, uh, and mm-hmm. really the only one of the few times I think they've proven that they had, uh, had this, was when uh, Majora's Mask uh, 3D came out. Which was in 2015, uh, and 2015 was, as we know, the worst year for uh, Nintendo. That they posted their worst loss uh, since the company became a video game company, mm-hmm. uh, and yep. they uh, clearly had made Majora's Mask and Ocarina 3D together, uh, like redone them, I should say, uh, for the 3DS. 
but they right. smartly chose to wait to release Majora's Mask when they had financial difficulties. Yeah, and that's pretty much all they did during the because even 2016 was pretty bleak. Uh, don't remember when Splatoon came out. That game didn't light the world on fire per se, but it definitely created a bit of a buzz around them again. That might have the been 2016. Yeah. That's when I played yeah. it. I believe it came out uh, fall 2015, but this is what computers are for. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense because I played it in. I was in trade school at the time, so and I remember loving that game. I remember loving the Wii U till the very end, except for a handful of AAA games that came out. I absolutely <laughs> despised, like Paper Mario, um, a few others in there, but uh, just very Star Fox. A uh, few really disappointing games. Um, May two thousand five yeah, or two thousand fifteen, by the way, is Splatoon. Wow. Okay, I bought it, or I jumped in on it way later. Maybe I just jumped back into it when I was in twenty sixteen, just because there was nothing to do. Yeah, because Splatoon 2 came out uh, almost exactly two years later. True, 2017 came out same year the Switch launched. Yeah, that's right, summer of 2017. But Um, I'd argue that that's less of a new game and more of a port. Yeah, I I definitely argue that. I mean, I was bored of Splatoon 2 the week it came out. Everyone loved it because I had already played Splatoon 1. So if you didn't play Splatoon 1, Splatoon 2 was a masterpiece, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what... uh, that's one thing Nintendo has got uh, super well with the new console is really making the games that have come out on them the best and really only way to play these games. Yeah, I feel a bit burned as like a pretty hardcore Wii U fan at the time. I was up <laughs> Wii U's ass in in the two thousand mid two thousand tens just because I don't know why. Like I loved all. Every game that came out, I was like the only supporter of our immediate group that played pretty much everything on the Wii U. Like we all had Smash, we all a couple of us had Kart. Even John bought Splatoon and never played it, but um, which is weird. But John is a, a mutual friend of the show, by the way. Um, friend of the show, John Cameron. Now, John Cameron, add him to the list of Bob Sacamanos. Um, <laughs> but like when the games are all remade on the Switch and they're called the deluxe version or whatever it is, like someone like me, I've always felt burned on pretty much every remake that's come out on the Switch. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, to be but honest, there are many of us, you should. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there aren't too it's, many it's of us. One... Like, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say it's one of those things where it you you obviously feel burned, but you know that it benefits the future of what you like uh, so much more. I guess so. It's just it feels like when there's months without a AAA game, and then their one AAA game of you know January to March is New Super Mario Bros. U deluxe version i've already played that yeah yeah like, and, then it, and then it sells two million units to you know new fans who absolutely love it it's like yeah i loved this game back in 2012 when it came out i'm not doing this again i did it with mario kart uh, i did it with donkey kong and i think i'm done with them at this point um, yeah i mean there's well that's that's an interesting like what other games could they port over from the wii u they're running out i mean pikmin 3 would be nice but i'd, I'd rather just have pikmin 4 at this point um, Super Mario 3D yeah. Land. The Mario, the Mario 3D games sound like that. Almost sounds all but confirmed that it's happening. Um, they they are that, confirmed think... to do the 3D Land, I believe, but the the other ones haven't been uh, Nintendo confirmed yet. Uh, that'd be a shame. I really hope that they go back further than 3D Land or World. World was on Wii U. Land is on 3DS. Both good games. Yeah, that's, that's right. But again, those games are fully accessible still. You can jump into a a Walmart or walmart.com right now and, and pick up a 2DS and Super Mario 3D Land for probably 100 bucks. Um, I'd rather have a 1DS. Oh, sorry, what? I'd rather have a uh, 1DS. I would prefer that too, but uh, unfortunately, that system is long gone. <laughs> um, I guess this is still a GameCube podcast. Um, one thing I love about the GameCube uh, is that it's not actually a cube. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you should start the first episode. Just uh, hi there. Sure, I'm Neil Gilbert, and uh, the GameCube is not a cube. Just want to put that out there. Okay, for people that maybe don't remember because they're too young, is that the GameCube marketing campaign for this console before it came out was so weird and creepy but cool at the same time. Do you remember the TV ads and on like YTV and stuff like that for this console? Oh, I watched them actually uh, last weekend. Just they're they're to creepy. Prepare for some talking. Yeah, a lot yeah, of them are really, really creepy and weird. 
like you got one with like you know someone's heart beating and it turns into a cube there's like pupils that are cube shaped like they really were tackling this cube idea and like even in the ads it looked like a cube and everything like that it looked cool like it was fine and then i remember seeing it for the first time at a friend's house and i remember thinking this isn't a cube <laughs> it's like that was my fir- that was my first memory of the game i thought the purple was beautiful the way it works with the orange light that beautiful orange light in the front the four ports and everything like that memory card slots it all looked very sleek the handle in the back yeah small i'm used to the n64 at this point so to see it i thought it first of all i thought it was tiny um, which is funny now to think about it. Oh, um, it, oh it still is tiny now. Like think still, of the yeah. consoles, right? It's, it's tiny, sharp, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's exactly to speak. It is 150 millimeters by 161 <laughs> millimeters by 110 <laughs> millimeters, making it more not of a, a rectangular. Cube. Not a cube, making it more of a rectangular prism shape. Uh, that always bothered me, but. It doesn't bother you if you have the Game Boy Advance adapter, which we can probably talk about in an episode of itself. Um, I have that. I have that too. And it adds some height to your GameCube, which makes it more of a cube shape, in my opinion. I don't know the measurements with the adapter on, unfortunately. But uh, that's my first memory of the GameCube, is, is saying, is this isn't a cube. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, my first so memory of the GameCube in... is just playing Nightfire. That's one of the first games I have memories of, because um, I went to Jean-Marc's house. That's the first friend I think that had it, and yeah. uh, I remember playing to death. He didn't buy any of like the actual games. He was a bit like me. We bought licensed games. He had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, which was a launch game, and he had a few 007 games, and I think one of them was Nightfire. Um, that was mm-hmm. the first game that I played to death on GameCube at his place, and we're going to talk a lot about Nightfire on this podcast, I think. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, you may have bought the GameCube in purple, black, or silver. Um, those are the three North American colors. There was also orange in Japan. Interesting. Orange is just yeah. Japanese. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was only in Japan. I think it launched with Fire Emblem. I think that was a Fire Emblem day and day thing. Yeah. Or close tie-in. Yeah, I don't know why orange, but uh, every con- country has their own special colored consoles, shapes, um, things like that. What console did you get? You got the black one straight away, or silver? Um, Do you remember? I think I got the purple one. I think I had purple one both times because the GameCube I have now is not my original GameCube. Right. Uh, I don't know where my original GameCube went. Uh, mm, I might have either sold it or given it to my uh, family. Uh, okay. But but I had the box. Oh, that's uh, probably more valuable than the GameCube. It is. Because <laughs> uh, my dad uh, notoriously keeps uh, boxes of stuff like that. And I'm very glad that he does because those are worth a lot of money. Especially the... Uh, I have a whole bunch of Game Boy Color games uh, that I have right. the boxes for. And I, you know, as a kid, you just have them. It's like, whatever. And you never touch them again. Uh, but mm-hmm. as an adult, you, I, don't, I didn't realize how valuable those games are because no one kept the boxes. No, we didn't have the foresight back in the day to keep cardboard boxes for Game Boy games, N64 games, anything like that. If your if your game came in a cardboard box, that box was getting pitched on Christmas morning. Yeah, uh, exactly. The cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Especially like a lot of like a lot of parents, you know, they don't want clutter. They don't want like crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like okay, getting rid of all the boxes, throwing them out, and the kids kind of give a shit, right? They're just like whatever. No. Yeah, because video games back when we were kids, and it's fairly recent actually that consoles and video games are considered like technology and devices that you have in your house and things that should be treasured. Like when we were kids, they were toys. They weren't like, and when you bought it, had a toy, you opened it and you threw away the box. That's just what you did. Yeah, that's um, true. You're a, you're a monster if you have GameCube games without cases. I don't understand how that happens. Um, oh God. <laughs> when, once, your, once your game comes in a plastic case, you therefore have to keep it at that point. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who was throwing away DS cases and GameCube cases and everything like that? Oh, DS no cases sense. people are. I know I know people who just have the um who just have the cartridges. The GameCube no one because the GameCube uh the disc, right? Like no one would get a give away like a plastic covering for a disc. So I guess and also like the GameCube discs are so tiny that like what are you going to put it in when you take it out? Like maybe a CD case, but that looks terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
Anyway, the GameCube uh, ended up selling pretty terribly compared to the other uh, its competitors. Um, it was up against PS2 and Xbox for the sixth console generation. Uh, GameCube came out selling 21.75 million consoles. Um, it's definitely very terrible compared to the PS2 selling 155 million, uh, and then the Xbox, the original Xbox, selling 24 million. So. Mm-hmm. Didn't lose by much to Xbox, but PS2 was just knocking its, it's what, lights Best-selling out. console of all time. Best-selling DVD player of all time, that's right. <laughs> uh, you got to imagine <laughs> This is a Nintendo podcast. Were, this is a Nintendo podcast, but it did do quite terribly uh, compared to its competitors. But it, as we've talked about before, it's definitely, I think, when you talk to people, it's the most beloved console um, by far. of the three now. Yeah definitely yep. more memorable experiences i mean people when they talk about ps2 you might get you know a gta story but you never really get like ratchet and clank god of war like the the the, the uh exclusives for the gamecube are way more sought after today than the ps2 exclusives i think these days oh the, the, they are and they're they're priced uh, way more i rarely rarely ever see ps2 prices over 40 or 50 dollars i don't think i for the ever to be honest for the games or like exclusives for the games, just in general. Uh, uh, there's a few up there that are, especially like Survival Horror, which was done really well on a lot of PS2 games. That's true, uh, I guess. Like Konami games, those are pretty expensive. But first-party um, PS2 games like Ratchet & Clank, God of War, Sly Cooper, those games are like 10 bucks each. Um, yeah, and isn't, isn't that interesting? And I think that owes a lot to Nintendo's way of handling their first-party games and first-party uh, image. Uh, they mm-hmm. do it better than anyone else. And it showed when uh, PlayStation All-Stars got released, right? Uh, yeah. Just You can't compete with that kind of first-party handling that Nintendo does? No, no. They, they definitely do most things right the first time around. Um, there's just a quality, and, a, and the games are just fun. I, I don't know. Like, a lot of, the, you know, Microsoft and uh, Sony, they make the games that are kind of dire and bleak. Uh, a little bit depressing at times, which are fun from time to time. We play them, but I like to just plug in a game that's fun, <laughs> which Nintendo yeah. does well, uh, and yeah. games that still control well. Uh, I think most, we're going to get to that eventually, uh, see which games don't hold up, but I think a lot of these games hold up very well. We still play a lot of these games today. It's true. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, by the end of the GameCube's life cycle, it had 657 games, um, 555 of which were North American, which are going to be the games that we'll go through and uh, touch on. Um, 555 games total. That's a pretty big library, not huge. Another reason why I like this generation of consoles is because there were no downloadable games. This was the time, the last uh, era of games where you could arguably play everything if you wanted to. Um, yes. Every game of note. Like nowadays, you go onto the Nintendo Store and there's ten games a week. PlayStation Store, same thing. Steam, eight times as much. Uh, this was the last generation where you could arguably play every major title on all the consoles. Actually, if you really wanted to. Um, yeah. If you yeah. had no life. You had no life, and developing games was harder. There were no indie games. There was. Um, you know, there was no patches in games, no DLC. Games launched, that was it. Well, so you say, like, developing games were harder, and yes, but yes and no, because developing clones was very easy. You could just pump out uh, dozens of basically the same game uh, for uh, these softwares, like all these movie tie-ins, for example, right? You know, a lot of these are just the same game underneath. Uh, they just reskinned to be Tarzan Untamed or something like that, right? That's true, yeah. Finding Nemo and Shark Tale, I'm sure, are very similar games um, when you play them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. But those games were still made in studios with teams of people, whereas now you can make a clone by yourself in your room. Yes, yes, I, I so, agree. there's that. None of these games were made by one person, like Stardew yes. Valley or uh, you know, Cuphead is famously made by a small team in Toronto, which is cool as hell. Undertale. Um, Undertale, made by, yeah, again, there's another game that recently came out made by one person. Oh, uh, Axiom Verge, that's a Metroid clone, um, yeah. considered one of the best Metroidvania games of all time, made by one guy, including the music. Yeah. So, um, I don't Same think with Undertale. Really... Yeah, exactly, I love that stuff. Um, 
but yeah, it's the last like quote unquote, I guess. Uh, it's the last analog, unicorn. But it's a very... <laughs> I'm alive. And we're going to and we're going to make and we're going to make sure it's all documented here, so we can look back one day and think how crazy this project is. And I'll be singing so, Last Unicorn uh, so that we, because then. we can't put it in for copyright reasons. So I'll just. Uh, oh, that's true. I'll just sing it a cappella. When the There's last so eagle flies over oh, nice. the crown of the and then mountain. Maybe every, and then maybe every week you can sing it again, but you have to uh, sing a harmony for yourself. Oh, and put it all together I, if someone wants to download all our podcasts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And that, yeah, if you play all the podcasts at the same time, you get a perfect version of The Last Unicorn. Well, that love song that. has so many covers. As I don't should, know if you've it's ever... a great song. I guess. But I mean, like, if you search that song on Spotify, <laughs> everyone's covered that song. Like, I think there's a Nickelback cover of that song. It's weird. I don't know. I didn't hear that song until literally last summer at the cottage, and all of a sudden I hear it everywhere. It's a beautiful song. Be- just you can, beautiful. Sing it at my, you can sing it at my funeral. <laughs> I'm just singing. Um, <laughs> no context. I don't want any context. I just want you to go up and instead of start no speech, just sing that. Just like really softly. When the last. But like you have like paper to make it look like you wrote a speech. <laughs> just like. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I wrote this last night. I'm sorry. <laughs> the pages are blank. Why am I lying to you? <laughs> All right, so um, I guess uh, one more segment I had for this first episode zero um, was to kind of go through our top ten games for the system and then try and come up with our combined list uh, of the best GameCube games. So I'll say my tenth, you say your tenth. We'll award each game points, uh, and then we'll make up our combined top ten list, and then we'll do this again at the end of this project and see where it stands. Oh, I would love that. Do you have, That's a good idea. Do you have a list? Do you have your top ten ready to go? I do. Perfect. All right. So I'll write it down just so I know what your. I have mine here. It's uh, it's all on a Microsoft Word document. Uh, mine are uh, in the uh, podcast doc. Uh, if you want to go to that, if you want to see them written down, or if you want to hear them, uh, I'm live, trying to make this a know? conversation. I'm trying to make this a conversation. <laughs> so it's a back and forth, like a tennis match, like a Mario yes, yes. Power tennis match. Oh well. So, so yeah. So funny that you mentioned that. Oh, is that your tenth game? That is my number ten, Super Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis, number ten for Mike. So I'm going to award your game one point. Okay, I don't know what that what means. It, Does that mean? Well, it means, it, it, just... means it has one point. So now I'll tell you, Mike. If I have Mario Tennis on my list, it'll earn X points. Then we add the points together. I understand. Then... Then we I got rank it. our games. I probably didn't explain it very cohesively. Co- no, I probably just wasn't like fully grasping the concept. Remember that time you tried to tell me about like your concert list? Anyway. Yeah, that took a while. That was stupid. Um, <laughs> so my number 10 game is, of course, my favorite party game on the console. Drum roll. Lights, camera, pants. It's the SpongeBob classic. Ooh, very good. Very That's good. That's my favorite. That's that's my favorite party game. I know everyone talks about Mario Party being the best party game, but nah, man. I I think I, I remember more of the mini games from Lights, Camera, Pants than any of the Mario Party games. I agree. Same here. Yep. The it is by far the best party game. It's got game, a story. In the story is really bad. I, I concur. <laughs> it's got a story though. I mean, at least it has one. So the, that that actually made me not put it on my list because I remembered how bad the story was. Because the problem with that See, game, the, though the mini games are by far mm-hmm. the most fun part and they're really really good. The problem with that game sure. is that the, to progress is really hard and doesn't reward you really at all. It rewards you with more mini games that you can play multiplayer wise, right? Like the but, better but you after, do the story, the uh, yes. I haven't played this game in forever. Yeah, the problem is, is that you need to get like these bronze, silver, and gold um, rankings for each thing, and it's really, really hard to get the silver and gold ones. And so you end up stuck, like you end up being stuck playing the same mini game over and over again just to get another mini game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that's that. That's like I remember yeah. doing that. 
Remember, yeah, yeah, remember I, I played I, this game when I was a kid and I had nothing to do but avoid doing homework. So Oh, was, well, I mean, I did the same thing. Yeah, I remember doing this all the time as a kid. Oh, I'm sure if I do it as an adult now, I'm going to hate it. And I am going to go back to this in a few weeks just to see if it still holds up as my number 10 game. Probably mm -hmm. won't, but uh, we'll, we shall see. That's fair. That's all why right. this is fun. We're doing the list now and we're going to do it again in time. What is your number nine game, Michael? My number nine game is Drumroll, please. Oh. Animal Crossing. Oh, Released okay. in 2001. 2001. And this game will get two points because it's your nine game. Yeah, very good. Very two good. points. Okay. So did you own this game? I don't recall you owning this game. So, no, I did not. I bought this game actually a... Uh, a couple of years ago, I bought this from, I believe I bought this from Game Horde in Brampton. I think I was with you. Yeah, uh, great deal. $40 uh, yeah. for uh, like just pristine cover, everything, the booklets in there. I was really impressed. It usually goes for about 60 uh, 60 to 70 um, Yeah, I'm sure it does now. For sure. It's probably becoming a lot more expensive because of the new game hype and everything. Yeah, yeah, and so I um, I played this at two people's houses. I had a friend who was a big Animal Crossing fan, and uh, he played it. He he, like whenever we would go over, we would play on his like save or whatever, and I would go around and do my stuff mm -hmm. on it. And yeah. um, and then I had a uh, my dad knew. Uh, I think it was like someone he worked with. Uh, yeah, I was a kid, so I don't really remember, but it was someone who he worked with, and they had a cottage near our cottage, and I remember going to their house, and we would always play Nintendo games, and the girl, uh, it was just, like, I think she was just an only child as well, and she had uh, an N64, and we would always play Mario Party 3, I remember that, and mm -hmm. then I remember she got a GameCube, and this was, uh, so I guess, actually, my first memory of playing GameCube is not Nightfire, it's playing Animal Crossing, actually, because oh. she... She she got the GameCube probably when it launched. They were they were pretty rich. I remember that. <laughs> and yeah. um, it, she got it when it launched, and then uh, it uh, and then yeah, I I played it with her, and I was like, oh wow, this is like really cool. Uh, I it was it reminded me of Roller Coaster Tycoon and like games like that because I I had already played those games. Uh, yeah. From cereal boxes, right? And so it's the same sure. idea. It's a sim. It's just you know you're creating your world, and I loved it. And I was yeah. There's nothing. I was there's nothing quite like it. Nothing quite like no, it. No, um, and obviously I'll 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 save my all my review of everything for it for the actual episode. But yeah, yeah I was gonna that's, say that's don't talk about the game too much. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Animal Crossing at number nine for Mike. My number nine game is going to get a bit of hate. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Good. Melee. It's not very high. Wow. Um, yeah, that's really low. Oh, yeah. Um, I just I looked at my list. I had other games that were I I remember more fondly. Uh, we're going to talk a ton about Melee, so I don't want to take up too much time now. Nope. Um, yeah. I'll explain later why uh, why it ranks so low um, on okay. my list. Maybe it'll go higher when I play it again. But uh, yep. in my memory, that's how I remember it. Number nine. Oh. Uh, for me... So what is your number eight? Number eight is F0GX. Ooh, nice. Zero GX. Awarding three points. Beautiful. Great futuristic game. Um, one of the only reasons for me to say I like Sega. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Se Sega developed game. Um, yeah. The last time we've ever seen F Zero as well. And the last time we probably ever will, to be perfectly honest. I know. That's another thing about the GameCube is that it has a few franchises that have just died on that console. Um, a lot, of, a lot yeah. of franchises, I would say. Yeah, and not necessarily franchise, but a lot of. Um, ideas of franchises like i'm just like specifically thinking like luigi's mansion star fox uh things like that that like they're their last hurrahs i guess yeah i mean luigi's mansion's come back so. i know yeah, yeah yeah i mean until recently i should say like because uh yeah they did, luigi's... They did go away for yeah a while like a decade over a decade yeah, yeah. luigi's mansion to the 3ds version yeah close to about yeah that's years, that's, that's barely it that's barely like that's like a good. dlc it was good, yeah, but... Yeah, okay. Uh, f zero at number eight. So, uh, my number eight game is, again, probably should be higher, but it's not. Uh, Super Mario Sunshine. 
Oh, oh interesting. Pattern of sunshine. Um, yeah, again, just when I think of 3D Mario games, it's not my favorite, for sure. And when I think of GameCube games, also not my favorite. But I think it's definitely in the conversation of top 10. We'll talk yeah, a ton agree. about that later. Uh, okay, so Sunshine at number 8. What is your number 7? My number 7 is Ultimate Spider-Man. Ooh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Perfect. And that, for me, is really... Two reasons. One, playing it uh, as a kid. I love that game. I thought it was such a cool game. Uh, and just, I mean, superhero uh, game, whatever, it's cool. And it's fun to play. But I think what really puts it, and the only reason it's in the top 10 is playing it as an adult and realizing that it is like actually able to hold up so, so well. And hmm. um, way better than you would have ever, ever expected. Because I, I loved Spider-Man too, as you did. Mm -hmm. Uh and going back as an adult playing that game, I don't like it at all. It's it's clunky. Uh, it's the controls are weird. Uh, the missions mm. suck. Uh, the <laughs> graphics the graphics are very very dated. And I mean graphics are graphics at that point, right? Sure. But Ultimate Spider-Man had a very cool comic book style for all their graphics that makes it still able to be played today. It's cell shaded, and a lot of games in this generation were cell shaded, and that art style is the only art style, in my opinion, that holds up to this day like absolutely 8-bit eight, eight holds up 16-bit holds up nothing in the n64 generation holds up and then the cell shaded graphics of the gamecube ps2 good generation hold up spectacularly yeah um yeah. well i guess that that uh brings me to my number seven which is spider-man 2 <laughs> ah very good uh it's funny that we I, did that yeah that's weird um yeah, this is my the game that sold me on the console, actually. Like, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to jump into the new generation. I had to play this game. I loved it. Played it in EB Games when it came out, when they had kiosks to play games. Um, <laughs> I used to stand there for a long time while my mom shopped. Um, yeah, fantastic game. At least it was. It might not be anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's subjective. And I have very fond memories of it. So mm. that plays a huge part, rose-tinted glasses and all. What is your number six? Number six is Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. Ooh, Paper Mario. Beautiful. Definitely the first time. List. I can't believe I didn't put this on my list. <gasps> my goodness. Wow. Oh, I can't believe I forgot this one. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, definitely the, the first time I'd ever played any kind of RPG uh, game or uh, in or in, in any kind of sense of that, uh, mm -hmm. in that way. But um, yeah, I... I thought it was really cool. I thought it was different. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't expect it to be the game it was. Uh, right. Because I, you know, as I know, you're a kid, you just know Mario is Mario. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's so if you see Paper Mario, you're like, okay, another Mario game. Yeah. And I, I remember. 50% this... chance of this being good. <laughs> and I remember I like putting Mario. This on... I don't know how I feel about paper. So. <laughs> I, I remember putting this on my list because of Nintendo Power. So thanks, Nintendo Power. Uh, <laughs> see, they worked. <laughs> yeah, I put it on my Christmas list, and uh, yeah, I loved it, and I thought it was a very unique game, and I still have a lot of good memories uh, of playing it. Yeah, I would definitely read if I could redo my list now. I would probably put Paper Mario in, but that's okay. I forgot it when I made this list the other day, so that's all <laughs> I can do. Uh, my yep. number six is uh, Resident Evil Four. Very nice. Um fantastic game it's definitely the last survival horror resident evil game for a long time uh, we got five and six after this which were not great um this was definitely that balance between arcadey action and survival horror over the shoulder which i preferred i hate the tank controls of the first three plus the spin-offs so yeah resident evil 4 we'll talk a lot about that one later that is my number six very good yeah what is your number five my number five, which might be a little low for this podcast, is 007 Nightfire. That's too low. Way too low. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to bring it up a bit. I'm going to bring it up a bit later. <laughs> and I don't need to say anything else. No. Because... If you don't know about Nightfire, what are you doing with your life? That's right. A lot of people love this game. I think that there's a huge fan base for this game. Huge, um, huge fan base. A fan base that I never realized existed until I started meeting uh, new people after high school and, yep. and just learning about games and the fact that they knew it. 
and it's one of those games that you either know it and love it or you've never heard of it and don't know anything that's that there's only two schools of thoughts on that i've never met someone who was like nightfire not good yeah no everyone everyone loves it uh it holds up very well it holds up better than goldeneye people who love goldeneye are wrong to still love that game uh yeah it's okay to look back on it but now there's no way uh, Nightfire is basically, you can change the controls. We're going to talk a ton about that later, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number five is Super Mario Strikers. Very nice. My favorite sports game of all time, I would have to say. Um, I hate soccer, but uh, this game is just <laughs> super, like, stupid fun. Just stupid yes. fun, this game. Uh, we're going to talk a ton about that as well. Uh, what is your number four? Number four is Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Love it. Uh, yep. can't, what, what hasn't been said already about what this game? What hasn't been said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I didn't play the full version of this game for... I don't think I played it until the GameCube was on its last legs. Or maybe... Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe for... What, like, it was just while we just got released but yeah i had only played the extended and i mean extended demo for the uh zelda's collector's edition because that demo is like half the game oh i didn't know that yeah it's i can't remember what you're talking about probably the first one though or something oh i'm talking about like the collector's edition that i had oh because you know where that would end though i think i can picture where it ends somehow but yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember where it ended, but I remember I kept playing it over and over again on that, and I loved it. I thought it was so cool, but the one thing I hated was the uh, the stupid water traveling, and um, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't I've yet to play the remastered because that was only on Wii U. So that's correct. Uh, I'm sure that'll be yeah. a port to the Switch very soon. I would. Um, I want that more than anything. <laughs> I can only imagine. I, I've been thinking a lot about that game recently. It's it's a masterpiece for sure, especially the music. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, my number four is Double Dash. Very nice. Mario Kart Double Dash, my favorite Mario Kart game. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I think that's a lot of people's favorites. Um, still holds up. Still super fun. I want that game on Switch with online support. <laughs> You're and not getting it. it <laughs> uh, no, no, uh, not at all. Okay, um, so we're getting down to the last three. Uh, what is your number three? Number three is Double Dash. Double Dash. Ooh, love it. So that's eight points for Double Dash. Okay, this is going to be a very weird ranking. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and what is I your number three? Happening. My number three is Nightfire. <laughs> Night, yep. So up a couple spaces. Uh, we already talked about it a little. Yeah, Nightfire has to be in my top three. It's the game I've played the most on GameCube up to this point. Yeah, uh, we've been playing it for pretty much twenty years at this point. It feels like so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your number two? Number two is Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh wow. Hit and Run. So I consulted my actual games list. Of my my top twenty GameCube game or my top twenty uh, games of all time, and uh, there are three games that make it to the top ten in that list, and they are mm-hmm. the three that are my top three in here. And Hit and Run uh, is obviously one of them, and it's yeah one of the, I think it's just one of the best games ever made in my opinion, and it's uh, it's so universally loved and known. Mm-hmm. That it's pretty cool to talk about with people who know nothing about The Simpsons. Yeah, like me, uh, I know very little about The Simpsons other than what I know through you and John. And uh, I love this game. I played it for hours a few summers ago when I bought it. Uh, I thought it was great. It's very yeah. fun. It's yeah. funny. Uh, it still controls really well, as far as I remember. Um, yeah, yeah. That's and that's that's the thing with all these games. Um, one of my stipulations was that like I can can I play it today? Can I can I mm-hmm. pick it up and have fun with it today? And absolutely, hit and run. I can. Yeah, absolutely. And I've just I've also never played a Grand Theft Auto game, so this is all I know about <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is that Simpsons Hit and Run is like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all what's right, your number, number two? My number two is of course Pikmin. Very nice. The first that's, Pikmin, Pikmin one. So that's like that's the. If I have Animal Crossing, you have you have Pikmin. 
Yeah, but I put Pikmin up at number two because I'm a real GameCube fan. <laughs> With my Nightfire in my top three. Um, I'm going to talk a ton about Pikmin on the Pikmin episode. Uh, this game is fantastic. I think it's the best, one of Nintendo's best franchises that they do not utilize enough. No, they barely use use at all. Yeah, understandably, I get why it's not popular. <laughs> I understand. Uh, what is your number one? My number one is, of course, Super Smash Bros. Melee. Saw that one coming. Melee. Good enough. Yep. It, Given that one uh, 10 points. I mean, I I explained uh, why I love it so much in the beginning, the opening scroll. Uh, here, just talking about um, uh, the fact that Nintendo still has to technically support this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have in to. Way, there's, right? no, there's no rule around it. Yeah, so it's it's pretty hilarious in that sense, uh, and it just obviously has changed the face of gaming, and especially any kind of fighting games. And you know, it was obviously Super Smash Bros. for sixty four was um, was the first game in that sense, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but it it wasn't widely known uh, and widely played until Melee. Yeah, it it was it was a party game until it was a fighter. It was a game that you played after school when you know when you were tired of uh, Mario Kart. And now it's a game that you play for money. Yeah, that's a good way to that's a good way to put it. Yep. I'm just uh, compiling the list here. Um, I guess I have to say my number one still. Uh, my number one is Wind Waker. Sorry. Nice. I forgot about the <laughs> uh, Wind Waker. Yeah, that's my favorite GameCube game. I think it's if I had to pick a game that's truly timeless on the GameCube, it's the Wind Waker. Yep. Music, graphics, gameplay. Uh, where it stands in terms of the Zelda rankings in my mind, I think it's the best GameCube game. Um, no multiplayer, of course, um, so you know you can't play with friends, but uh, yeah, um, I would go with Wind Waker. So, Very nice. I'm just compiling our combined list. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. I need three more games for... So a lot of ties, obviously, um, which is fine. Nine. Uh, it's gonna be a few here, and then Bitterbin. Okay. So as it stands right now, um, we'll have a few ties for now, but that's okay. Um, we have at number one, uh, Wind Waker with seventeen points. We have Double Dash with fifteen points. Uh, Nightfire okay. with fourteen points. Oh. Melee with twelve points. And that's number five. Next, that is number four. Number four, okay. So, so far it goes Wind Waker, Double Dash, Nightfire, Melee. Mm-hmm. Um, next up is a tie. Uh, it's a mix between Pikmin and Simpsons Hit and Run. Very similar games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining the Pikmin in Simpsons Hit and Run. Just getting run over. <laughs> yeah, just immediately dead. <laughs> Olimar's just on the on the on the road, his helmet's just cracked open. And little ghosts going up to the sky. Um that's with nine points. Uh next up is Strikers with six points. So I'm counting Pikmin and Hit and Run as two games, so it's going to be ten games, just certain ones are tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um next ranking is RE4 and Paper Mario mm-hmm. with five points. And then last, tied for 10th as well, or whatever place that is, uh, Super, sorry, Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 with four points. That's funny. That's re- yeah. <laughs> I think that's really funny that we both have them there. Spider-Man's as the uh, top 10, 9 and 10. Yeah. Uh, I also I... had uh, some honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, that I wrote down. Okay, I was going to say, should we save that for when we talk about them in the episodes, or... Oh, I mean, we, we, we can we can save them in the episodes, too. Uh, okay, what but, are your honorable uh, mentions? I'll come up uh, with a few off the top of my head. Resident Evil 4. Um, okay. Twilight Princess, which uh, mm-hmm. not a lot of people love, but I actually really love that game. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. I'm one of the people that don't love it, but... Um, uh, NHL 04, because that was the perfect mm-hmm. mix of... Uh, arcade and sports and i just love i played that game probably more than any other game other than nightfire mm-hmm. uh and strikers ah oh, beautiful oh, i forgot you didn't have strikers on your list yeah i didn't that's a, no that's like a staple right now um that's okay i didn't play strikers growing up i played 
tennis. That was the that was the game True. we had. Yep. Tennis was a good one. It was, uh, my yeah. honorable mentions, if I had to say, top of my head, I'd go with Paper Mario, uh, 1080 Snowboarding, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I had to pick another one. Um, you don't have nice. to. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think I, I don't really think I can think of any off the top of my head. Those two, for sure. If I, they, they almost made my list, but they did not. Yeah, that's that's basically um, what we're looking for. Yeah, anything yeah. that almost made the list. Yeah. So that's probably right. a good spot to end the first episode, I think. I think episode so. We're at 68 zero. minutes. That's bad. Wow. That's really good. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening. Whoever did, uh, if you, uh, you know, if you're listening to this in the far future, uh, please feel free to visit our graves at any time. Uh, how will they maybe, find them? Oh, if they, I don't know. Um, grave finding app. I'm sure that there'll be some kind of an Uber eats app for finding graves by then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So I guess we'll hit end there. I don't think we have any ending segment song credits. <laughs> Take care. Okay, I can probably just cut it there, I guess, right?